1: Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster, Cranky. Uh, Matt, how's it going?
0: Hey, what's going on, Mike and Rebel Cells fans? Hey, good to be back, man, uh, talking uh, a couple of things. We've got some, uh, obviously, we're talking uh, the trailer for Han Solo, right, yeah. Mike? But uh, a couple of other things, too. Thought we'd get together. Perfect time to get together, especially since, like you said, we that trailer did drop just. uh I guess it was Sunday, Sunday ish, Sunday night. I think it was. Was oh no, or was it Monday night? Either anyway. Um, cool, exciting stuff, and I. I yeah. I, I could can, can say, Mike, that uh, I have a good feeling about
1: this. I don't know about <laughs> you. <laughs> absolutely, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get absolutely. To that. Would um, you want to start? Yeah, well, I mean, it's been. It's been about a month since I uh, since Star Wars Rebels ended, what well, it's April 11th. So um, we're right around that time a month ago when uh, when the series finished up, it's run. And, uh, and I figured, you know, what better time to uh, to jump back in than a month later and, uh, and with some uh, Han Solo to talk about. Um, but a couple of things have happened, right, in between. Uh, the Last Jedi Blu-ray is now out in the wild. Everybody's got it. You can watch The Last Jedi as many times as you feel like. Um, oh, yeah. And I was just wondering, Matt, I uh, now that you've had the opportunity to watch it as many times as you feel like, yes, How do how I, do you feel about it? Have you has your opinion changed at all?
0: Um, here's the thing: like, it hasn't necessarily changed, but I do appreciate what Ryan Johnson went through and 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 what he did because we'll talk about it in a second here. But that that uh, director and the Jedi documentary really mm-hmm. opened up um, myself to a lot of stuff that he went through and, and the process and you got to give, I mean, I tell you what, I don't know what's, what could be harder than making a star Wars movie. I, I mean, even more than possibly making a Marvel movie is making a star Wars movie just yeah. because of, it's just so much pressure. And, and here's Ryan Johnson coming in and, and putting his take on it. It's not my take, it's his take. And I tell you what, the watching the 4k, I, I was able to watch the 4k, Beautiful. Look. I mean, it was already beautiful, right? But mm-hmm. watching it in 4K, just, just a little bit you know, better than Blu ray, but it's so beautiful. And, and the shots that they did, uh, you can't deny uh, how beautiful this film is. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, I have a couple things that I wish were different, but I think, and I was thinking about that today. It's like, you know what? I, 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 I tune it to, uh, it's kind of like just the, the young 10 year old in me wanted to see something. Yeah, And I didn't get to see them, but that's how I look at it. It's like I'm I'm still looking through my 10-year-old eyes uh, like watching The Empire Strikes Back or
1: something. Like totally, so,
0: totally. doesn't necessarily, like, I still, listen, I still think it's a great a great movie. Uh, I just have, and we've talked about it before, we've had discussions online about certain things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of those things where, like I said, it's just that little kid in me, which is, you know, like like probably a lot of us wish we could have seen Luke Skywalker squash a couple of AT-STs, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or you know, block the the blasters as yeah. if he was there. But, you know, what? it's in the end, it's still a, it's still a great movie. It's still a fantastic looking film. So um, I don't know. Has it changed for you?
1: Yeah. Um... I mean, not not really in the broader sense, but I think on in the the subtlety on some of the more nuanced stuff. Um, I yeah, I mean, it, I I loved it in the theater. Um, I I don't think that I made uh, any any bones about that, right? I think I was pretty clear about my feelings for it, but um, definitely getting to watch it a couple more times. Um, and I, uh, you know, what did it more than the movie itself was actually the, uh, the novelization, the extended edition, which I think we may have talked about on our last episode, um, just briefly, but man, if you have the opportunity to pick that up, um, the force awakens, uh, novelization was terrible. So I was kind of apprehensive going in, but then, um, the last Jedi novelization was, was great. It was fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. and it hit kind of all the notes that I wanted it to, it extended some aspects of the story. It added in some of the deleted scenes in context, um, which is always great. I love deleted scenes as much as the next person, but, um, to me, it's kind of, it's, it's always kind of weird and disjointed when you're like, well, but where exactly would that have been in the film? Right. And so to get that stuff, um, and I think honestly, that one scene with Ray uh, uh, running towards the the village and then Luke kind of messing with her, I really think it's it's a shame that that was cut out of the movie. I understand why it was because of exactly where it's placed. But um, I honestly think that a lot of people may have had a different opinion of Luke. In the last Jedi, if that scene had been intact, as well as a scene later on in which he um, this is this one's going to be pretty big spoilers because it's not a deleted scene. So if you don't want to hear just skip ahead like a minute or two, but the scene where um, right before uh, Kylo and Rey are communing in the hut and um, and Luke is actually on his way to uh, to talk to her because he's decided to go with her he's actually like, he's, he's, he's kind of made that decision and he's going to go, um, mm-hmm. help her. And, uh, yeah, I, that doesn't come across in the movie. Obviously that changes the context of that scene quite a bit when he shows up and freaks out that, that Kylo Ren is there and destroys the hut. And then, and then they have their, their quick little fight and then Ray leaves. um, that, that is a, it's, it's such a big difference. It's actually such, such a big difference that Luke was actually, he had actually come around. Um, and it was the moment of like, it's sort of more extended. It's a, it's a longer period than, than Luke and Yoda, but eventually Luke does come around. He does, you know, he does have his moment of like, will he finish what he started? You know, and then Luke being like, I won't fail you. I'm not afraid. Right. Like it was going to be that moment, but he walks in on, on Ray and Kylo because he took too long, totally his fault. He took too long (laughs) to come around to that. Right. And so she sought that belonging somewhere else. Right. She was expecting to get it from Luke and she ends up finding it in Kylo Ren. Um, so yeah, like there's, there's definitely like, there are some added dimensions that, that the book puts in there that, that the, that the film doesn't have. Um, so I highly recommend it. And it's sort of like, I listen to the audiobook, so, you know, get the audio book, get the book, finish it and then watch the movie again. And I think that it'll actually change a lot of how you feel about the movie itself. Um, mm-hmm. At least it did for me. It just all it did was add depth. It added it. it sort of confirmed some of my personal opinions, um, some of my views. Um, I haven't gotten my actual Blu-ray yet because I actually I ordered it from from the U.S. Um, so I'm waiting on that. So I haven't had a chance to listen to the director's commentary yet, um, and I'm really excited to do that when I do actually get a copy because the I bought it on PlayStation Network and it doesn't have the director's audio commentary. Oh, so okay. I yeah. want that audio commentary and then I actually, I want to watch it through with no dialogue with just the music track. Yeah. I heard about that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, That's a really cool idea. And I really want to yeah. take advantage of that. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's a great Blu-ray release. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure why it's kind of such a crummy Blu-ray release um in terms of packaging and stuff like that like um but the content on the discs is actually really great i don't understand why disney is not doing 3d anymore i guess like do so you just bought a 4k tv right right not that long ago does it do 3d no mine doesn't but i do have a 3d projector okay so and, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm yeah. just, I'm not 100 percent sure why. Probably because 4K. I, I think
0: 4K is taking over. Yeah. Um, 3D. Uh, which I, I'm fine with 3D. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, you have to put the glasses on. Yeah. But, uh, but I think 4K is just is taking over. Like everybody's concerned about or or focusing on 4K.
1: Yeah. Is it really that yeah, big 3D. of a difference? Is it? Is well,
0: it? No, well, no. I don't. I, like I said in the beginning, I, you can definitely tell there is a a little difference, but. Yeah it's it's minimal it's not like the the difference you saw when you went from vcr to dvd you yeah, know what yeah. i mean it's not that big of a difference or standard but, def to
1: high def <laughs>
0: right exactly it's not it's not that okay. but but you can definitely on certain i mean if you have a super nice tv and a and a, and a blu-ray player that plays a 4k you're going to you're going to go okay i can it's pretty it's pretty nice it's pretty crystal okay. clear but uh yeah. but like i said it's not nothing crazy like it like we've seen in the past with VCR and DVD or anything like that. So, you know, you were mentioning that, um, uh, the Ryan Johnson, um, commentary. Yeah. I believe he did that as, uh, before the movie even came out as, I think I heard that or read that somewhere. So I think that's kind of interesting that you get a perspective from him before the fan uh craziness online you know what i mean yeah and just him explaining the movie so i'm, I'm i haven't got to i got a chance to listen to that but that's that's gonna, gonna be on my list of things to do this weekend probably is check that out because i want to hear his take uh before all the craziness happened so uh, but but have you got the chance to see some of the other things on the disc uh, i mean did you see everything all the deleted scenes and all that
1: oh yeah i've seen all the deleted scenes the featurettes the the all of that stuff came with it the all the bonus footage and stuff um yeah, so yeah, I have. And the the director and the Jedi is fantastic. I think it's probably the best um behind the scenes since um I would say Empire of Dreams, because Empire of Dreams to yeah. me is kind of the high water mark. I know uh, that a lot of yep. people say that like the documentaries on episode one, two, and three are really good. But Empire of Dreams is 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 very special and and I mean like I wish that that it went into Empire and Jedi a little bit more um and you know I there's a from Star Wars to Jedi is probably the other one that I really love which was I don't know that from Star Wars to Jedi has ever been on any of the the Mm -hmm. Blu-ray or DVD releases um but I have a VHS of it and I really loved that one but that one was actually a cobbling together of I think two or three different behind the scenes feature ads. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I really like what they did. I, the thing that I really appreciated about, about the director and the Jedi is that, um, most of the time they're just kind of taking behind the scenes footage and then you just kind of get a timeline of, of the movie and, and the production. And it's usually very short and it usually focuses a lot more on pre production than it does on actual production. Um, But this one in particular really focused on Ryan Johnson's journey. Um, Right. And I think that that was a really smart move. And I think that with this movie in particular, it was really important because I think, like you said, you know, you kind of see it and you see what he went through to get this movie made the way that he envisioned it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it makes you appreciate the story that he told a little bit more, a little bit differently. Right. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I think that they did a great job. It's a really really well put together documentary.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of starts with the pre production stuff and then it yeah. finishes uh, with like the last day of shooting. And it was really cool to see like it, it, especially in the beginning, Hamill uh, and Daisy really kind of working out some dialogue in front of uh, it looks like Pinewood Studios, I think it was, yeah. um, just like out in the in the front lawn or something like that. It was kind of cool to see that just how. The process is because I'm fascinated by just movie making in general, uh, yeah. and how they do it. And it's so cool to go behind the scenes. and And I'll tell you what about this documentary, um, they were not shy, uh, Mike, about showing the concerns that Hamill had with his character, mm-hmm. and they didn't shy away from it. Which I thought that was kind of cool because obviously we've heard about it online for since the movie came out. But in his documentary, they didn't shy away from it. They said, hey, here's here's Brian Johnson and Mark Hamill. And they had you see him often having discussions. Yeah. And and sitting down and him trying to explain, you know, where I want your character to go. And, of course, Mark uh, kind of being stubborn about it. And obviously he wasn't there was some scenes where I'm like, wow, he looks very unhappy. You know what I mean? He just like mm-hmm. like a fly on the wall. And it's so interesting to see that. But i, I kind of appreciate the fact that they didn't shy away from that, and and ultimately Mark does come around, and obviously had a great time. You see it in certain parts of the uh, of the set, making yeah. jokes, and and so it was really cool. I I, I love that inside look into into filmmaking. So uh, yeah, did you kind of I mean it's like three different times you referenced, you know, Mark having an issue with character, so uh, I don't know. Pretty did you, did you catch that as you were watching it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And and, you know, the thing about Mark Hamill, it's really interesting because even with The Force Awakens, he wasn't super keen on the fact that he doesn't show up until the last page, right? Um, And uh, and he tells the story of how like when he was reading the script the first time, he gets to the scene where the lightsaber is in the snow and Mm -hmm. it starts to wiggle and then it comes out of the snow and he was expecting that that would be his entrance right that it was going to zoom past kylo ren and he would and it would go into his hand and then there's luke skywalker to save the day um and i and i'm not gonna lie i I mean like i expected luke skywalker to show up and save the day as well i thought i thought the exact same thing the first time
0: i saw mike i thought it was going to luke and you're like whoa
1: yeah and um yeah and and I understand, like, when, when when you talk about that, it's like, okay, yeah, totally, I get that. But then you get to The Last Jedi, and you watch through that, and you're like, well, no, this guy's not a hero. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think that he ever was. Like, I think that he did heroic things. Mm-hmm. I think that he was a good person. Um. I definitely think that Luke Skywalker is of a hero archetype, but I don't think, (coughs) and I think, I think that the last Jedi goes to great lengths to explain this to the watcher. Um, that I don't think that that was ever in Luke. I don't think that he was ever meant to be. He's not Han Han kind of always Han has that, that like, that flair of heroism in him that he kind of fights against. Right. We'll talk Mm -hmm. about that in a second. Um, and, and Anakin and Obi-Wan were definitely heroic, right? Like almost to the extent of being at times, super heroic. Right. Um, especially in the clone wars series. Um, but Luke was always a farm boy with, his head pointed towards the horizon, you know? So it's like it, as much as he wanted adventure and excitement, um, once he got it, I thought he re I, like, I really feel like he realized it's not all it's cracked up to be. Right. Like I, and I think that that's what return of the Jedi is really about is, is in empire. He kind of, he runs off to save Han and Leia and to confront Darth Vader, and he really thinks like, I mean, like, you go back and you watch that movie. Luke draws his lightsaber first, right? Vader, like, has no interest in dueling this child, right? Like, he's like, he's like, join me, just join me, just do it. Like, like, don't fight, what are you going to fight? I'm going to destroy you, right? And Luke pulls out his lightsaber, and he's just like, okay fine I guess we're doing this and he just toys with him the entire time up until the point where Luke gets a good shot in on the shoulder and then Vader then the anger comes out and Vader pushes and pushes chops off his hand and then is like oh maybe I went too far hey uh I got this trump card it's um yeah I'm your father right and it's like yeah you know probably not the best circumstance under which to reveal that one there uh, Anakin uh, but you never <laughs> were really one for for the emotional timing were you um yeah so like Luke I think he th- he had great aspirations of being a hero right and then in Empire he goes through what he goes through and by the time that we return to him in Jedi although he is doing a heroic thing and rescuing Han Solo um Later on when we see him, especially like on Dagobah and then on Endor, it's almost, it's joyless because he knows what the, the responsibility of that is and like what the cost of it is. And then I think that carries through, they defeat the empire. He, the, the, and, and like, let's be really clear. Luke Skywalker does not defeat the empire. Darth Vader defeats the empire. That is that is how that goes. Darth Vader and Lando Calrissian and Han Solo and Princess Leia and Chewbacca and Numb, they defeat the empire. Wedge Antilles Rupert. defeats the empire. Luke does not defeat the empire. Luke defeats himself right? Like that's the lesson that that character goes through in that film. He doesn't, he isn't the hero that saves the day as much as I think everybody wants him to be. Um, his climax comes when he's standing over Vader and he's got the lightsaber in one hand raised over him. And he looks at his hand. He already he looks at Vader's hand, his, 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 the hand that he's chopped off. Right. Yeah. And he looks at his own hand And he realizes, if I do this, I become everything I'm fighting against, right? Mm -hmm. All of the things that Yoda and Obi-Wan said will come true. They'll come to pass. And he, in that moment, throws down his lightsaber and says, I won't do it. You've lost. You know, I'm, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. That's Luke Skywalker's climax in Return of the Jedi. There's still like another 15, 20 minutes left in the movie at that point. Before before we even get to the to the epilogue of like the party, right? Like there's still like Lando and and nine number flying in, and and Han and and Leia and Chewie are still like cleaning up on Endor and all that stuff, right? Like there's still still so much going on, um, because it's not like as much as the story is the original trilogy is about Luke, the saga up until that point. Or like like I should say this the saga as we knew it then, not then as Return of the Jedi, but like episode one, two and three, four, five and six until the new movies, was really about Anakin Skywalker's story, right? And mm-hmm. Luke is a is a, a very important part of that story, but he is not the be all end all of that story. He's the the he's the mechanism through which Vader is redeemed and Anakin returns, right? And that's, I mean, like the the double meaning of Return of the Jedi is Luke becomes a Jedi by facing Vader, and and ultimately by throwing down his lightsaber and saying, "I won't fight." Right. Um, and then Anakin returning is the is the Return of the Jedi. So there's that double meaning, right? Mm. But I think that there's a kind of really beautiful poetry in the films that shows us that, that, you know, like Luke throws down his lightsaber and says, I won't do it. I won't kill him. You know, like you've lost. And he chooses this path of non aggression. Right. Um, and he's like, destroy me. It's like, like at that point, Luke Skywalker is saying, it doesn't matter. You can kill me. You can, you, but like if I strike down my father in anger, I become the next Vader and the cycle Mm -hmm. perpetuates itself. And, and he makes that choice to not be a part of the cycle. And then the next time in a film, we see him with that lightsaber, he's raising it to murder his nephew in his sleep. Right. And it is the same look on his face even down to, like, the makeup that they did, they really made him look like that same moment in Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi when he's got the lightsaber up and he's about to land the killing blow on Vader, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, that... That oh, This is good Star Wars, and this is a good Star Wars conversation because I'm getting, like... I got, like, the, the hairs standing up and everything. I love it. <laughs> the the mirroring right the that rhyming scheme the poetry of it like i said the next time he picks up that lightsaber in a movie now like i know eu blah 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 there's stuff in the comic shattered empire stuff that i like i really like shattered empire um and and there's there are scenes in that where luke is superhero luke right but if we're just taking the movies and for me the movies are canon everything else is sprinkles on top of the cake, right? Like they're I could take it or oh, leave I it. See. It doesn't it doesn't yeah. really matter, right? Right. If it's in the movies it's important. If it's not in the movies or I should say if it's not on screen, if it's not if it's not in the films, if it's not in the animated stuff, and I include forces of destiny with that. Um Maybe not Freemaker Adventures quite as much, although, you know, we've had our arguments about that as well. Not arguments, you and I, but like we have our arguments for Freemaker Adventures being an important part of the canon. Just mm-hmm. not maybe as Lego tells the story. Um But if it's on screen, it's important. And if it's on screen it like that's how it happened. And the great thing about The Last Jedi is that we see we see how um how ray sees it oh i've I've said this before on the podcast but we say it we see it how how ray maybe it was on the spoiler cast but we see how ray sees it first and then we see how ben saw it next and then we hear from luke what actually happened Mm -hmm. right and that is like that that storytelling to me is so important and it, it really gets into exactly what's going on there at the inner monologue of that character. And, um, and, and we, we really get to understand like where his head's at and what was motivating him and, and who Luke Skywalker is. And, and I, the way that I see it is that Luke defeated himself in that moment on the death star on the second death star and he defeated the the part of himself that he confronted in the cave right on dagobah in empire like that's the whole point is that that thing that he saw in the cave of there's this 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 darkness inside you that was inside your father that that is inside any jedi um no one is a perfect hero You have to let go of it and and what Yoda says like uh, like your weapons you won't need them and to and to throw down the lightsaber I choose to believe that Luke because the war was over right and I mean like I know like like Jakku and blah 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 and that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know what Luke Skywalker's involvement was. I don't know what Battlefront says about that and and all that sort of thing. I choose to believe in my canon that from that point forward, Luke was, was non-aggressive. He, he was completely nonviolent and that, mm-hmm. that yes, there was still a war to be won against the remnant of the empire, but that the new Republic could handle that. And it didn't require the Jedi. The Jedi were like, they, like, the involvement of Luke Skywalker and the Jedi was to defeat the empire, sorry, the emperor and the Sith, right? He did that. Therefore the, the, the need of the Jedi to be involved in the ongoing war was no longer there, especially once you start learning about the clone wars and what happens when the Jedi are involved in a war. Right. Mm -hmm. And his, and his views in the last Jedi of, you know, like, The Jedi allowed Darth Sidious to to rise to power and blah 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 and etc. Right? I mean, like that. That to me, it it just kind of points to this idea that after that moment, I can I can I can picture it. I can like or like not picture, but like almost hear his inner monologue when he's when he's looking at Vader, uh, burning his father on that pyre uh, on Endor. And just thinking to himself, never again. Like the Jedi will never be this again, um, and and sort of vowing from that point forward that the that that the Jedi will be better than that. Only to then years later, upon you know like starting the Jedi and the new Jedi Order, to find that even he was still at risk of succumbing to the dark side of giving into it. I, thinking in, in complete and utter selfishness that he Luke Skywalker, hero of the rebellion could possibly save thousands of lives, millions of lives by snuffing out the light of his only nephew. Right? Like that, that the hubris in that, the arrogance that, 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 he that it was his responsibility to guide the course of galactic history to the point that he would compromise his own morals his own soul to the point of killing his nephew right like the the fact that he was still susceptible to that sort of thinking is his moment of like this is why the jedi need to end and when you look at it that way and you look at that course of events from the cave the on Dagobah, really from, from seeing Obi-Wan killed on the Death Star, because that's what puts the anger and the rage in him. That and seeing his, his aunt and uncle murdered on Tatooine, right? But watching Vader, as far as Luke is concerned, strike down Obi-Wan and kill him in front of him. He carries that anger through into Empire and then through into Jedi until he sheds it. And he thinks that he's become better than it only to discover it's still there all those years later. Um, and that arrogance and hubris is all there and that, and that he could just as easily succumb to it as anybody. Um, and then, you know, and then obviously the, 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 the sort of killing blow on that series of events is Kylo Ren, then massacring, the rest of the Jedi order, the new Jedi order. Right. And all of these people that Luke Skywalker was responsible for. And I mean, like imagine he set up this commune and he's training a new generation of Jedi. Maybe some of them were Ben's age, but maybe some of them were younger. Maybe some of them were, were children like young children. Right. And, and I don't know. I hope that we get to see some of that story and learn about some of the characters that were there eventually. I'm sure that we will. Yeah, um, and the responsibility of that. I think like, that's where it's like he's done. And, and I, I've talked about it before the idea and, and Mark Hamill put this out there, his motivation, what he put into the character to sort of fuel the extent to which Luke removed himself from the galaxy was that he fell in love. he, he was married potentially to a woman who had a child that was not Luke's child. Um, but they were there Mm -hmm. and they were killed along with everyone else. And that's his responsibility. Right. And that might not be corroborated in any of the other materials yet, but even like, even so if that's how, if that's how Mark Hamill is portraying the character, I'm going to choose to believe that that's what happened. That's the truth of it until the Canon tells me otherwise. Right. Mm-hmm. Because to me, like that's powerful. Like that's, that's very like visceral. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't like, like I understand, I understand that feeling that we all had of like, we wanted Luke to whip out a laser sword and save the day. Um, but, it's, it's almost like you say, it's that it's the 10 year old inside you that wants to see that. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that there's an aspect of it. I mean, like we still got to see that sort of stuff because we got to see Ray confront Snoke and battle alongside Kylo Ren and, and all of that stuff. And, and just like these faint glimmers of, um, in my opinion, Anakin and Obi-Wan side by side again. Um, Yeah. Right with with Kylo being Anakin and Rey being Obi-Wan. You know like there's just that there's there's that there's that just so brief moment where they're back to back and it's it is the clone wars all over again, yeah. right? Here's these these enemies, these faceless enemies and our two heroes back to back against innumerable odds and yet they triumph, right? But yeah. then ben has to just ruin it all um because it's <laughs> yeah. in his nature i it's the han solo in him i think i yeah, yeah no i, I the, like there are moments of that in the movie but they aren't luke's moments anymore because luke is not he isn't the hero and that's That's the biggest thing is that we all wanted Luke Skywalker to be the hero of this movie because we'd built him up into this thing in our minds. And that's what the movie is about. He, he was, he was never that person. Never, not even in the original trilogy. He was never that man that we saw him as. That's the truth of it, right? His legend becomes that. And that's, as important a lesson as the lesson that he was never that hero to begin with is that whether it's that I, I I brought up Christianity previously. I think we might've been talking about the last Jedi. I'll bring it up again. In my view of Christianity, it is not as important to me whether or not Jesus was real, factually, historically a real person as his message is truth, right? And tie that into Indiana Jones. There's a, there's a big difference between fact and truth, right? Mm -hmm. And truth is, is, can be spiritual and it can be moral and it can be ideological. Fact is fact. It's cold, hard, right? The fact of the matter is that Luke Skywalker was never that hero. The truth of the matter is that Luke Skywalker was always that hero. And he did fulfill that part of his destiny in the movie by facing down Kylo Ren and and walking out and facing down the whole First Order himself, right? Like, that happens. It does happen. It's just, it's a trick, but it doesn't matter because what matters is that those kids at the end of the movie, they don't see it as a trick. They see it as their savior. Mm -hmm. And... Where that pays off is when the the kid holds up the broom like a lightsaber. Right. And it is exactly what Leia says. It's like the, that spark of hope has returned to the galaxy. And man, connected into Star Wars Rebels, when did that spark ignite before? When Kanan, Jarrus, and Ezra Bridger face down the Empire themselves right and that wasn't a trick you know but there were two Jedi that time <laughs> yeah. but you know like like it's like again like these are and 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 Ezra sends out that message and the and that's what ignites the fire right mm-hmm. and it's happening again the cycle is repeating itself and hope returns to the galaxy and it hope returns because of Luke Skywalker's actions whether or not he was actually there with a lightsaber to fight Kylo Ren and take out those AT-ATs is irrelevant in my eyes um he did what he needed to do and and i don't know i just i think that the movie is actually like exquisite like it's perfection in my eyes because it it just nails all of that the places where it maybe falls short a little bit why doesn't holdo just tell poe her plan well she doesn't have to she's an admiral or vice admiral and he's a captain right it's it's way above his pay grade it's not for him to decide and there's a little bit of like the misogyny argument in there as well where he's like he walks up to her and starts explaining things and she's like thanks actually i'm i'm pretty sure i can handle this vice admiral Captain, <laughs> like yeah. step he's off, put- pal, yeah. <laughs> and she basically tells him as much. And instead of him um being humbled and stepping back and going, "Sorry, I know I'm, over- I'm overstepping. Emotional stuff. Worried about everybody. I just like I want to help, right?" Instead, he's like, "I just I just need to know what the plan is," and she's like, "Yeah." but you know what the plan is? The plan is that every single person here trusts their, their leadership and is at their post. So why don't you go back to your post, right? Neither one of them handles it properly, but that's reality. I mean, like I've been in that situation, that exact situation. I mean, like we weren't running from the first order. People weren't about to die, but there's an idea of like, I can do this by myself. I can save everybody myself. I can save the whole company. Just let me do what I do right let me hop in an x-wing and blow something up
0: <laughs> and somebody's
1: saying no that's not what we're gonna do that's not the plan that's not what we've all decided on we're the ones in charge and you are just there to follow orders so just go get back to your post and wait for your orders right and it sucks i hate it it's the worst i know exactly how poe feels but it is what it is you know like that's that's yeah. sort of the beast so I get that storyline. Finn and Rose, they go off on their story and I know some people have some issues with that. Um there's some kind of cheesy parts. It's a little bit prequelish at times, but um ultimately it serves its purpose and and it 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 does exactly what it needs to do, right? It 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 gives Finn that opportunity to come back and and actually join the resistance.
0: Oh so okay so I guess I'll just briefly play Devil's Advocate. Okay. And I think I think a lot of people have the same issue and I think even Mark Hamill has the same issue going back to Luke for a second here um cuz we talked about it in the in the documentary how they bring it up a few yeah. times. And I think it's just the fact that even even Hamill thought that Going back to Return of the Jedi and up to The Last Jedi, like in Return of the Jedi, that was his ultimate heroic moment, like you said, where he threw down the lightsaber and said, you know what? Uh, Showed no fear, no anger. Um, He wasn't scared or anything. And I think Mark's thinking, I'm going to come back to this new trilogy, along with all of some of us fans, and he's going to show us just how powerful it has become. And to have that thrown upside down to where you get The Last Jedi and he's just this guy who wants to die it's just so hard to to fathom like where could he have, how could he have possibly got that far and how could he do that to uh to, to ben at that one yeah. point it was like there's no way that he would have done that with ben and i think hamel's thinking the same thing yeah. because just think of just think of this in hamel's eyes after decades they finally call you and go guess what We're doing new Star Wars. You're coming back as Luke, and you got to imagine how excited he was going. He's probably, you know, rubbing his hands together, going, "All right, with technology and and where the story might go, I'm they're going to see me, you know, pulling star destroyers out of the sky. I'm going to be doing 600 backflips, you know. That's where I think his mind is going. Like, I can't wait to be this ultimate badass, and it totally gets flipped on him, and he's got to deal with that. And, and, and again, it goes all through that, in yeah. that documentary. So I think, I think that's where I kind of have to let that go. Like I said earlier, yeah. it's that child in you that wants to see just cool stuff, you know?
1: You know, and, I, so I'll, I'll, I've, I have a couple of things to say, like just to kind of rebut that a little bit. Okay. So first things first, there's a missing trilogy here, right? Like that's the big oh, yeah. thing oh, that nobody yeah. talks about is that that's those scenes, yeah. those flashbacks, those are the missing trilogy. There's mm-hmm. like, we should have had like 10 years after return of the Jedi, there should have been another three movies that spanned somewhere between six and 10 years. Right. Yeah. Sort of tell that story. And then, and then another 10 years, like, like up until the point of like Snoke wins Ben massacres the the Jedi, right? But there should have been, you know, the Battle of Jakku and then you know, the New Republic forming and and Luke creating the new Jedi Order, right? Like, that's a story and it, it will get told. I'm, I guarantee you it will get told. But yeah, then sure. you know, a break and then we come back to The Force Awakens you know, like like Snoke and Kylo Ren, they snuff out the, the light in the galaxy and, and then we have to wait 10 years and then and then the Force awakens, right? It, the the and it's Ray. Ray comes and 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 all of that plays out. And maybe in that trilogy, we would have gotten to see Luke do some cool stuff, do some cool Jedi things. But the other thing that I will say, I got two two more things to say. Second, Luke is a badass in the Last Jedi, in my opinion, from my point of view. Um, okay. He's a badass in the same way that Obi Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy is a badass because obi-wan kenobi in a new hope is not impressed at all by han solo who's like kessel uh, made the kessel run in less than 12 parsecs blah, blah blah all that stuff and and obi-wan's like yeah sure whatever and then they they're on the death star and they've they, basically like all hope is lost. They've been captured by this space station that can blow up planets. And uh, and Obi-Wan's like, yeah, you guys go. Stay here. You know, Don't don't get killed. I'm going to go wander around by myself knowing that my presence is going to draw out Vader. And when I fight Vader, I'm going to let him kill me. Because I know that if I let him kill me, I become a basically a god, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I can do whatever I want. Like I become Ghost Obi Wan, and and like he, like like death is like the 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 more immortal death is just a transformation, right? Like, and to me, like Obi Wan is 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 utterly badass in that moment when he looks over and sees Luke, and he just raises his lightsaber and disappears, because he's like, I'm above this, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and he realizes I. Serve a greater purpose by dying here, supposedly, and Luke going on to save the galaxy and to defeat the empire, emperor, and 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 Vader. In his eyes, I mean, like Obi Wan's opinion is flawed there, but that's what he believes at that moment. Mm-hmm. And there's like a little smile, right? You know the one, like that Alec Guinness, that little like Rye, yeah. like, yeah. "Hey, watch this." It's like, hold my beer, right? It's that, sound. Kind of a, <laughs> it's that kind of a look. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, it's retroactive, but the story that George tells there when he goes back and he tells the story of the prequels is that at one point in time, Obi-Wan Kenobi could solve any problem by either talking his way out of it or using his lightsaber, right? Mm-hmm. Like... Like, like, he, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi faces down General Grievous and his droid army on his own, right? Without backup. Backup arrives basically once he's already, yeah, in it too deep, right? Um, and then once that backup turns on him, he then makes it out of that too. Like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is capable of many things. Uh, And all of the conflict uh, with Darth Maul and everything that happens there. And then later on to face down Darth Maul in the desert and to just one, two, three moves. It's not a 15 minute battle. It's not epic in the grandiose sense, but it is epic in the badass factor for sure. I mean, like the Mm. fact that Obi Wan defeats Darth Maul in three strokes with the move that he used, (laughs) like that, that like against the move that that Maul used to kill Qui Gon. Right, like that's the thing. Like go back and watch that. It's so good. What Dave Filoni did there is just like mm, it is just perfect. And it's not a huge, big display of Force powers. What it is is a display of peace, serenity, and attunement to the Force, right? And Luke's moment at the end of The Last Jedi is as badass as that in every single way. To walk out, like he has his whole interaction with Leia, um, (laughs) the 3PO, and he just keeps (laughs) going. And he walks out, and he doesn't acknowledge anybody else. He just does his thing. This air of mystique and mystery and and power around him, and the the blaster bolts and everything. And he just with yeah. with the hand, and he just dusts off
0: on his shirt. One.
1: Yeah, and uh, and then when he the all the dialogue with Kylo Ren, and he's like, "Strike me down in anger, and I'll always be with you, just like your father." And uh, and and Kylo Ren does it, and that last line, "See you around, kid," which is which to me <laughs> is like I th- I think we talked about this. That that is more Han talking than it is Luke. I yeah. think that I think that whatever is left of Han in the Force is speaking through Luke Skywalker in that moment, and Luke, it, like in a way, like Luke is channeling that, but also using it to just kind of drive that that point home of like. See you around, kid. Exactly mm. what Han would say in that situation. Um and and it just yeah. I like I I think that what happens in that movie is is perfect. I think it is exactly what happens to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um and I think that people just because we started with old Obi-Wan and then ended with young Obi-Wan it's really hard to reconcile the fact that linear in linear progression, he goes from being able to leap tall buildings in a single bound with his lightsaber in hand to really, really limited movements and, and slow fights, right? Like the battle in a new hope is not awesome by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but it is awesome in every sense of the word because of how it actually plays out. Right. So I don't know. Like I like I think I think I think what Ryan Johnson did with Luke Skywalker is exactly what George Lucas did with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um and I think that it is perfect Star Wars storytelling, even if it's not what everybody wanted. And I'll never be able to win that argument. Right? It's not what people it's, wanted. Uh, uh, and that's yeah, but, that's the end yeah. of that conversation. And I can't change the disappointment right. factor. I can, but what I can do is I can I can continue to argue for the depth and artistry of storytelling that is in Luke's story in The Last Jedi, but. Yeah the biggest thing the biggest number one thing that is super important is that here we are still talking about luke's story it's not luke's story anymore and i think that's the biggest right. disservice that that the the way that ryan johnson told the story does to the the sequel trilogy is that it unintentionally refocused attention on luke and away from ray and kylo ren which is really really sad because nobody is talking about Ray's story and it is Ray's story. And she goes through a transformation in that film as well. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. I know. I I get you. And I I think the last, the end of that with Luke, just to finish out Luca, no, I think that was amazing. I mean, wow. I mean, that had totally shocked. Um, and uh, what a way, I mean, you talk about going out, you know, on the high note, whew, that was pretty awesome. And, and I love the idea too, about, I think you mentioned this about, Luke deciding like, you know, the Jedi order, like he says in the movie, he had to die. And, and, and I was totally behind that too, because the old Jedi order just wasn't working the whole, you know, especially with not loving any, you know, not having, not, not certain, most of them not being yeah. able to basically love anybody or whatever. I just, I thought that the whole thing was wrong. And obviously Luke figured out, and I think maybe in that time from return of the Jedi two. Force Awakens, like you said, there's so much that could be said there, and maybe Luke did try to start the Jedi Order in a different way with different values and stuff like that. But, like you said, hopefully, we'll see that. But, um, but yeah, you're right, it's Lucas. We're supposed to be phasing out the you know, Luke and Han and Leia here and ushering in uh, you know, Ray and 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 uh, Finn and and Kylo. So, um, we'll see what JJ does with nine. Um, totally. I mean, I tell you what, Mike, you we could spend hours and hours just we could we could probably talk for an hour about the the holdo thing. And then we'll spend an hour on, like you said, Finn and Rose. And then we yeah. could spend hours. You know, it's it's this movie has so much to to talk about and yeah. go back and forth with. It's just amazing. And as far as the extra stuff. I mean, all the deleted scenes, I can understand why they move things around and that's why they're deleted scenes because you look at them and go, yeah, kind of didn't really need or it didn't make sense or whatever. Um, I don't I don't think there's any of the, the deleted scenes in this movie that I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool to have in there. Like as far as The Force Awakens, I love the scene with Kylo on the Falcon. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought, yeah. that would, have, you know, seamlessly fit into that movie. Um, Chewy
1: ripping uh, yeah. off Uncar uh arm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. But... You know, I, I'm I'm kidding about that one, but there is a yeah. really great scene underneath Maz's castle. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right after right. she goes, those the, those beasts. They're here. Where yeah. they like the the stormtroopers come down the the um, the stairs, and Han is like. Like he, he, he tips his hand for a second in that, like, he knows that Finn is a, he's known that Finn was a stormtrooper the whole time because he's, he's like the, the guys are looking at and he's like, he's like, you're after this guy, right? Like mm-hmm. you, this, I, I, I don't know where he got the boots. I, I, I think he stole them. Right. Like he's, and he does like his Han Solo thing of like trying to talk his way out of it or buy some time or whatever. Um and it and it it tips the hand where he's like it, it plays into the scene earlier where he's like look big deal right mm-hmm. and he and he's like <laughs> you know women always find out the truth always um <laughs> yeah. god man Harrison Ford's so good in the force awakens he's so good oh yeah. i yeah yeah i That scene to me, I just think is fantastic because that's everything that's great about Han Solo is that like there's a lesson to be learned here. Uh, He's almost always the smartest guy in the room, but he does a really good job of acting like he's not. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like of like allowing other people to perceive him as less than he is in order to get away with something. In order to pull off a con, right? And it's yeah. that's one, this is one of the things that people are suspecting about the Millennium Falcon. This is a really great transition into the solo trailer. Um, yeah the idea that Lando's got the Falcon and it is rotted up, right? Like I'm looking at a picture of it right now, a still from the star Wars.com five highlights from the solo, a star Wars story trailer. There's a really great picture of the Falcon on Kessel um, or what we assume is Kessel at this point, Mm -hmm. Uh, just kind of parked there. And if you look every, I love everything about this, this reconfiguration of the Falcon and this reimagining of the Falcon pre Han solo, the thing that I love the most is that it has an engine scoop on on the on the front of that nose. Mm-hmm. And I never noticed it before in any of the other promotional stuff because you don't really get that close of a look at it, but if you look, there's like an actual, you know, like on like a like on a like on a hot rod V8, right? Like the the intake, like the mm-hmm. air intake scoop thing oh, yeah. that like yep. sticks up over the hood the Falcon has one of those on the front in, in in solo. And that to me is like everything you need to know about it. And there's this idea going around that Han, after he wins the Falcon in order to, um, because it's one of the most famous ships in the galaxy at that point, like Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs, right? Mm -hmm. Like in order to keep a low profile, he strips off all the hot rod stuff and basically like intentionally makes it look like a piece of junk right down to like the interior looking in such a short amount of time. Like it has never been maintained. Right. So that if anybody ever boards their ship, they're never going to be like, it's like, it's like, and maybe you can appreciate this uh, more than anybody, Matt. Uh, it's uh, it, like say a cop pulls over, I uh, I I like a, like somebody in like a Lamborghini or whatever. It's and they look like they're a drug dealer, you know what I mean? It's like this guy's got like chains and like he's like your stereotypical like cartoon drug dealer. Right. You're gonna look for a reason to maybe, you know, yeah. ask that guy a few more questions, right? Yeah. But yeah. if he's just rolling in like a beat down. Sedan and just looks like a normal dude like just a normal average like war- blue collar working class guy you're gonna not only are you not going to necessarily suspect him of anything probably gonna take a little bit of pity on the person right mm-hmm. it's like yeah. come on man like you got rappers yeah. on your floor like clean up your car <laughs> a little bit you're focused on the wrong things right yeah. and that's what Han Solo I think is going for I totally subscribe to that again until i'm told otherwise right that han like i said he's almost always the smartest guy in the room but he but he plays dumb as often as possible the scene in in return of the jedi where he's where it's like like i i you know general calrissian is gonna lead the the attack and he's like good luck right and he just kind of like yeah. he just kind of like plays this like this loudmouth oaf so that like because even they're in that situation and it's like he's he, general solo he's gonna lead the strike team like he's doing something just as crazy if not crazier than what lando's doing yeah. and yet he's still like Phew, look at this guy over here right like i don't know han han is is a fantastic character as played by harrison ford and alden Ehrenreich, has got big shoes yeah, to that's fill, why big boots yeah, to fill i know
0: and i think that's why like um i guess you want to transition into the the trailer
1: yeah let's do it yeah why don't we okay, just we'll give just, it a listen right now
0: well yeah let's listen to we'll transition we'll finish out uh the podcast with little uh star wars yeah. solo trailer talk but um
1: After something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver, and I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Um, well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Yes. <laughs> L3!
0: Let's go with a mean man's
1: face. Hey, Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might
0: wanna buckle up, baby. Here they
1: come!
0: Let me give you some advice.
1: Assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. When do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it!
0: Like I said earlier, Mike, I do have a good feeling about this, and and you were just mentioning, like how great Han is, and I think that's why I'm starting to get excited about this. Yeah, is because, um just seeing this trailer now with a little more chewy in it, and the d- dynamic between these two, and, and I'm starting to get the vibe, man. I'm starting to I'm starting to gel with this thing, and I'm thinking, oh man, I can't wait to see that Millennium Falcon again, and just a couple of the lines about, you know, you're 190, you look great, and I, I thought that was a funny ass line, and then. The other line about um, what do you know? It's like i I'm
1: starting to get that.
0: It's starting yeah. to feel pretty good. Uh, so that at first I was like okay yeah. with it, and now I'm just like I'm there, starting to get yeah, excited. there
1: there are two moments in that trailer that get me hundred and ten percent. Uh one of them you said is the the uh Yeah, well what do you know, right? That is such a Han <laughs> yeah, Chewy, like right? of like <laughs> and then Lando you might want to buckle up, baby. <laughs> oh, that's good. It is yeah. so good. It is so good. That swagger and the I love the the everything you've heard about me is true. That Lando arrogance and um, yeah, man, I like there's a there's a scene in this movie that represents how I feel about Solo and that mm-hmm. or in the in the trailer, I should say, not the movie. I mean, I'm sure it's in the movie as well, but in the trailer. Han's at that table and he takes his chips and they're the all in. Yeah. They're all so. in. And yeah. my chips are all in on this movie. <laughs> I, so far, everything. I love it. I love it. I And the thing that I love the most is that this movie is going to be legitimately different from other star Wars movies. Rogue one has its, it's, things that make it different from the other star Wars movies. But at the end of the day, it's, it is a pretty standard hero's journey and the reshoots and the rewrites on it kind of, I think probably neutered what difference it actually had. Um, everybody dying at the end, obviously does a a lot to, to sort of gain back that credibility, but I don't think that what we saw of rogue one was what they actually intended for rogue one. And I would love to talk to Gary Witta about that one day. Oh, yeah. But Solo is not a Star Wars movie. And I think I was saying this to my wife this morning. We were talking about it uh, when we were driving into work. And uh, I said, I think if this movie does well, which it will because it's a Star Wars movie, the next one, the next Solo, which like if it does well, when it does well, they will make another Solo movie. I mean, like, how can they not? Mm-hmm. They've got these actors, right? Like you make episode nine and then the next thing you make is another solo movie. I think you can drop star Wars from the title. It doesn't have to be a star Wars yeah. story anymore. You can drop that, that yeah. it's clunky. It's obnoxious. You can just do solo at star's end solo in the lost legacy solo in the pirate's fortune solo and the lost mm-hmm. moons of Mustafar, whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. Solo and the blah, blah, blah. Right. You just like give it one of those awesome seventies pulp titles. The 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 tone of the movie and the posters prove to me the tone of the trailers, right? They prove to me that this is exactly, exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And that was the Brian Daly novels, those little mm-hmm. novellas, those stupid Han Solo at Star's End, Han Solo and the oh. Lost Legacy, Han Solo's Revenge. Yeah. They are my favorite Star Wars books, and they are my favorite because they're not Star Wars books. They're Han Solo books. They're mm-hmm. about his character when nobody else is there. It's him and Chewie. That's it, right? And this one's got Lando in it, and Lando's part of his world, and it's going to add depth And flavor to *The Empire Strikes Back* and *Return of the Jedi* that wasn't there before, which is exactly what a movie like this needs to do. That's what a prequel should do, right? We're gonna flesh out that story. We're gonna tell the story of how Han and Chewie became friends and how they became partners and really like like one unit, right? Um, And that is going to make *The Force Awakens* that much more poignant. I guarantee you that there's going to be some storytelling in this that echoes beats from the newer movies that mm. um, that we're not prepared for. And I think there are two entire acts of this film that we haven't even seen yet in the oh, trailers. Yeah, for sure. yeah. there, there's a toy that gives away one part that I won't say on the podcast, but there's a one of the um, pop finals. There's a, there's a, there's one of, one of these toys that, that gives away part of the movie, um, Mm -hmm. that I kind of wish I hadn't seen, but I did. So I know, so I won't say anything else. People want to search that out themselves. They can, but I won't say it. Um, and then whatever happens after the train, right? Whatever happens after the train, because something is going to happen after that. And I don't know, like I'm I've kind of been putting together like a timeline in my head and I might be wrong, but um yeah, I don't man. I'm all in. I they've yeah. got they have everything everything about me is all about this movie right now. It is mm-hmm. like I Avengers comes out in 2 weeks, right? Infinity War and I don't get me wrong, I am excited. I am like off oh, yeah. the wall excited about that movie. But my thoughts are occupied by solo at the moment and, and like, go back, listen to the recordings, go back a year. I was not interested in this movie at all, but I think Ron Howard saved it. I think he did it. Yeah. I,
0: you know, and you're not, you're not alone there. There's a ton of people that felt the same way. And I tell you what, I don't know if there's a harder character to be your second standalone than no. Han Solo. I mean, you're talking yeah. about the most iconic character, one of Harrison Ford's most iconic character, if not the most, uh, next to Indiana Jones. That's a debate. Yeah. But um, I tell you, and then to be able to do that, and but here's another thing too: you're talking about Kasdan, who wrote this with his son, who let's, I, and I think you said yep. this too, Mike, that he's done three movies with the character of Han Solo: now Empire, Return of the Jedi. And The Force Awakens, he wrote, he wrote all those, uh, or helped write, yeah. and now he's doing this one. Yeah. Got to be excited about that. We've heard the rumors about, this is one of the best Star Wars scripts that's been done. We've heard those rumors, but seeing it on here, and seeing some of the stuff, um, you talked about the train, you know, what's on that train that they that they need so badly, is it Kyber yeah. Crystals, is it something else, you know, that's, a, who knows what's going on there, the heist um the the we're going to see corella mimbon uh kessel uh vandor um some of the stuff in the beginning you see that star destroyer that's in kind of in it's still being built so um looks like we might be going to the obviously the empire is involved in this somehow the Wookiee. i think we're going to get not only chewy and yeah. in this in this you get maybe his wife or something but i think yeah. we're going to get a lot of chewies I think we're going to see a lot of Wookiees in
1: this yeah. thing. Yeah, I think uh, so too. And hopefully they don't all look like roided out warrior Wookies like in Revenge of the Sith that look nothing right. like Chewbacca. Even Chewbacca didn't look like Chewbacca in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, no, uh, it, no. it, I know. It's, yeah. it's about time. I think we're about ready for them to go back and do a, a prequel special <laughs> edition. And one of the <laughs> things that I wish they would do is go back in and just get Juno Sotomo to redo all of Chewie's scenes. There's, nobody, there's nothing in those scenes that they can't, like, there's no actor oh. that they have to worry about. It's like, you've got Yoda's dialogue recorded, right? You just reshoot all of that. It was all on a blue screen anyways. <laughs> just True. reshoot everything with Chewie. Yeah, Fix that. Could. Better yet, you know just, just take Chewie out of Revenge of the Sith. Why is he there? It's, it's... Why is he there? I don't know. <laughs> oh, hey, God.
0: A, But we do know he's 190 in and, and Han yep. Solo, so I'll put some... Around, what, 200 yeah. in Star Wars, so uh, we kind of got a, somewhat of a timeline there. Uh, yeah. But just a couple of other things, you know, Anfi's Nest, the new, I guess, the bad, and the Cloud Riders, we're going to see them. Yeah. Uh, they have this kind of like Mandalorian-type vibe with the helmet and all that. They look so uh, rad. So yeah. rad. You saw you talked about it, Mike, that the, the Saba, it looked like we're going to get that that classic game of Sabak and we're going to see. Yeah. You see, like you said, Han push it all in. Maybe that's the moment where he's going for the falcon and he pushes all in um so and and here's a question and one more question before before we go um there's a line in here where where uh Woody Harrelson's character Beckett he says um working for a big shot gangster now i know as far as the visuals they show uh Boss the i guess yeah. the one of the crime lords but i wonder if we're going to see jabba I, there's a lot of speculation that jabba's going to be in this um and it would make sense because Jabba and Han have a relationship uh, yeah. in Star Wars. You know, he's one of his best guys. Uh, so I'm wondering if that line is kind of a misdirect. If we're going to see uh, Jabba in this, and of course, the other one is, are we going to see Boba Fett? I don't. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: You know, i I think you save that for the sequel. Honestly, hmm. I think okay. I think you can allude to Jabba at some point towards the end of the movie. Because, like, what Beckett says, you know, if you. If you do this, like you, if you're in this life, you're in it for good, or whatever he says. Um, Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that like the Han that we're meeting, I think the Han that we're meeting in this movie is not the Han Solo that does deals with guys like Jabba the Hutt. I think he's going. What the way that he talks? I'm a driver. I'm a flyer. I'm gonna be the best pilot in the galaxy. That he's. I said. I've said this before. This isn't Han Solo. This is Luke Skywalker, right? (laughs) The way that he talks is exactly how Luke talks to Han in a new hope. And that's why Han has those moments of like, he just kind of like, like he does that thing where he just kind of like shrugs things off, right? He's like, Oh my God, this kid. And then later on, he's like, look, go, like if you don't shut up, I'm going to shoot you out the airlock. Like, like that sort of, attitude it's like that comes from and i know this from experience i'm sure you can probably relate to this at some point in your life as well matt when you meet that kid who's like five 10 years younger than you but is you five or 10 years ago it drives you up the wall (laughs) because you're like oh my god was i this annoying
0: was i that bad yeah
1: and then and then as you get older you start to recognize that Younger, not like that middle younger you, and how you were annoyed by anybody who was the same as you, and you gave that person a hard time. You start to see that for what it was, and you start to soften on those types of kids, right? You start to go, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I get it. And that, like, you see that progression of Han. You see it in Solo, he's Luke, in A New Hope, he's Han, and then in The Force Awakens, the way that he looks at Ray and that was, I've never seen so much green. I didn't know there was so much green in the entire galaxy. And he kind of like looks at her and just kind of like rolls his eyes, but with a smile this time. Right. Mm-hmm. And Cause yeah. he's just like, Oh my God, there's so much of the galaxy that this kid knows nothing about. Um, and yet they think they have all the answers. Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah. I, the, it's, I think the key to this movie and the thing that I should have, should have clued in on from the get go is exactly what you said. Lawrence Kasdan helped write this Lawrence and Jake Kasdan wrote this and Jake Kasdan. I love Jake Kasdan. I mean, I Jake Kasdan's done some stuff that, that is some of my favorite stuff, right? I mean like he, he created the show new girl and I love that show. Oh, he didn't create it. He was, he's one of the executive producers on it with, um, Oh, I can't remember the, the other, uh, the, the showrunner's name, but, um, yeah. He's one of the exec producers, so he helped create it, I should say. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, like, like you, it's, it, that should have been the, the tip off that this story is going to be a great story and a story worth telling. And I mm-hmm. think the other thing is that like Kathleen Kennedy, she knows what's going to work and what's not, I think. and, and, I know that that's probably a controversial thing to say with how The Last Jedi went recently, but I'm playing the long game on this one. I'm going to let it ride. I think in five years, we're going to look back at The Last Jedi, and I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be eating their words. I think like people hated Empire when (laughs) it came out, too. Yeah, right. Right? Like, that's not true. There's no way that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. (laughs) I hate what they did. They chopped off his hand at the end of the movie. (laughs) Han Solo is dead? Right? Like, people hated The Empire Strikes Back because it was such a bummer. The first movie is so hopeful. It's so full of adventure and fun. And then the second movie comes back and Yoda's like, adventure and fun are stupid. (laughs) Right? Like that's what Yoda says. He's like, you're an idiot for thinking that those things are yeah. important. And then Luke learns throughout the course of that movie, he was right. Adventure is a bad thing. Adventure is not good. Yeah. Um, sitting in a in a hovel on Dagobah, preferable to adventure. Less thinking people stupid. die. Right. Um, a modest life is what a person should be after. Um, not adventure and excitement, not fortune and glory. Yeah. I, I'm mixing my Star Wars with my indie again. Yeah, um, but you know what <laughs> sure. I mean. I, uh, yeah, no, I think so. I and Kathleen Kennedy knows what she's doing, and when she greenlit this movie to be made, I think that maybe they made some bad choices about some directors. I, uh, but I think that they've course corrected on that, and I think that moving forward we're going to be good to go um yeah. i think that uh yeah uh, that was the, that
0: was the right move now i think yeah. um you start to think about it now and it's like you no know, lawrence Kasdan had a fan uh, i'm assuming a fantastic script and yeah. these guys were going off of it and he's like whoa 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 whoa, slow down guys you know I, know I know you guys like to do the ad-lib thing and the improv but you know here's like you said ron howard comes in and writes the ship and let's stay with the script and i think uh i think I think, I mean, it's just, it's just looking so good. I mean, I, I talked about the music for a second there. I know it's just a trailer, but I love the Western kind of hippier vibe to that. I can't wait yeah. to hear Han's theme by John Williams is gonna, finally going to get a theme now. Um, so that's exciting to to find out what, what that's going to be like. And I'll I don't, I don't just finish with this, Mike. I think one of the things that I'm – this is what's making me uh, most excited is I'm going to see a movie and I'm going to see – I'm gonna see Han and Chewbacca together, doing whatever it is they do, just just tearing up the galaxy. And and to see those two and in their interactions, I can't yeah. wait. Just the just the little takes we got in this trailer, I was just you know I'm laughing. I love it. I, I think it's perfect. I think like we talked about, Kaz knows how to write Han Solo, so I, I'm, that's what I'm most excited for to see Chewie and Han together flying in that Falcon. Going on adventures and I can't wait to see that. So um and we're almost there. We are almost there. Just a few few more weeks, man. Oh
1: yeah, dude. We're like a month and a half away from solo. We're a month and a half away from a new Star Wars movie. And then after that, we're a year and a half away from a new Star Wars movie, which is gonna be rough. But uh who boy. yeah, Yeah, no, I'm I'm and here's another thing too,
0: real quick. This thing is, uh, I guess, going to premiere or going to be shown at Con, at Cannes or Can, however you want to say that, yeah. the Con Festival. Um, like I guess a week maybe before it gets. So to me, I think that's kind of like you must be proud of the movie if they're going to show yep. it there, and and there's going to be um, people talking about this before it even gets screened in the United States um, for for critics and all that. So. I'm thinking that they must be pretty proud of this movie. I think they got they know they got something nice here. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. I thought that was an interesting uh, uh, development in this movie. Uh, after all that's been going on with it, now they're gonna debut it at Con. So just another tidbit out there that I I read uh, like a week ago or so. But
1: yeah. Anyway,
0: uh, with that, I guess. Um, I guess we're going to wrap it up, huh?
1: Yeah, that does it for this one. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot more to say about solo in oh, yeah. the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, remember we're going to be back soon, uh, yeah. doing our, uh, clone wars special edition. Um, as we, uh, starting, that'll be starting on, uh, on May the 4th and, uh, we'll be going through until our 10th anniversary in August. Um, so, so get excited for that. Um, but, I think Matt and I, we're going to, I think we're going to try and do some regular episodes between now and then. Um, like you said, we can do an hour on each of those main storylines in, <laughs> right? uh, in the last it's, Jedi. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. So we'll be back. We'll, I'm sure that there'll be other stuff to talk about in the immediate future, but until then you can stay up to date with all the latest uh, star Wars. Sorry, man. Oh boy. Let me take that again. First <laughs> off we got to come back and we got to talk about forces of destiny at some point. Um, I, what I am trying to do is just figure out a, another co um, or I should say guest to come in and talk about that with us. Um, so I stay tuned for that. We'll probably, that will probably be the next thing that we're back with. Let's talk about yep. forces of destiny. Um, Uh, Yeah, uh, no news yet on Freemaker Adventures, but hopefully we have another season of Lego Star Wars something or other coming. Um, That said, if you want to stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news, you can do that by heading to rebelcells.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebels podcast and on Twitter at rebels podcast. Uh, and of course, if you want to follow us, you can follow me. I'm at Arkwolf on Twitter, and Matt is at The Crankster. That is Crankster with a K. Um, you guys know that we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. We got some changes coming to Thunderquack and to uh, the Patreon and some other things. Um, I, I, by the end of this month, so stay tuned for that. There will be an exclusive Thunderquack podcast, um, outlining all of that stuff. So even if you're not a supporter on Patreon, you'll be able to access that and listen to it. Um, and, uh, and, and I'll, I'll post that on the rebels podcast, Facebook page and Twitter when that happens as well, so that everybody sees it. But, um, if you're a Thunderquack supporter, uh, you'll get that notification as well through patreon which brings up our two ways to support the show first is to go to store.thundercrack.com pick up some merch there are i finally did it i went in and i fixed the uh the artwork for our two uh uh rebel cells uh pieces of merch there we've got the phoenix flame and we have the the canaan uh designs over there they are now rebel cells logos and they've been enhanced. I've 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 tweaked them a little bit. The uh, the the Phoenix Flame one in particular used to just kind of be a not a solid color as a gradient, but just like a solid gradient. Um, it now has more of like that Sabine painterly feel to it. Um, so go check those out store.thunderquack.com, um and click on the Rebels podcast part and I have some uh, I got a I got a new one that I'm kicking around um that uh may or may not have to do with the kessel run and pizza delivery so uh stay tuned for that one on store.thunderquack.com uh that that uh, i sketched it today and i think i know i think i know exactly what i want to do um so so hopefully i'll be able to pull that off i want to get it up and on the store before solo comes out because i think that'll be appropriate but uh but stay tuned for that you can you can in the meantime purchase all sorts of great stuff um on the store not just shirts but also mugs, cell phone cases, pillows, tote bags, all sorts of stuff. So go check that out. And the other way to support us is on Patreon. Like I mentioned before, patreon.com/thunderquack slash and uh, you can kick in and and get exclusive access to the uh Thunderquack podcast, to the the Facebook group, the th- the Patreon exclusive Facebook group. Um and uh, you can get early access to a few things like a regularly scheduled and, uh, and uh, at, at the higher tiers, some other goodies. So um, like I said, we have some changes coming that will hopefully add some value. Um, but, uh, but I think it's pretty good right now for a dollar. I don't expect anybody to give us more than a dollar. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I don't even recommend that you give us more than a dollar. But I do think it's worth a dollar. I think what you get for that dollar – is a good value for $1 a month. Um, and if everybody listening to this podcast right now, went in and pitched in their $1 a month, it could allow Matt and I to do some really cool stuff. So, um, everything goes right back into the podcast. It's not like we're taking a profit off of this or anything. Like it literally goes into hosting fees, equipment, uh, uh and producing new podcasts, uh, getting new stuff up and up and running. So, um, We appreciate everybody who does support us over on Patreon already. You guys are the best. Um, But if you haven't yet, you should consider checking it out. Uh, That's it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. we were very light on the, on the, uh, the star Wars animation news, but that's because they've been very light on star Wars animation with the exception of that forces of destiny stuff. But even then, I mean, I feel like there was what, there was like six or seven episodes. It was kind of a light release in my opinion, but, yeah. um, but all really fantastic. And I think we'll be back. I want to say we'll be back in about a week to talk about those specifically. Um, And we never really talked about the second half of season one. So I think that we'll talk about all of that. We'll go through episode by episode and sort of give our thoughts on those stories. But there's a few really cool ones in the latest batch. So Um, we'll be back soon to talk about that. But in the meantime, thank you guys for listening. And we we will catch you on the next one. See you guys. Crystal is calling me. One second, I'm just gonna answer. Yeah, this. Go ahead. yeah. Hi. <laughs> look, look what I'm doing. Do you see what I'm doing? Mommy doesn't realize what I'm doing. I'm in the middle of a podcast. It's <laughs> perfect timing. Come on, oh, bring
0: bad. her in. <laughs> Say hi.
1: It's our first podcast. <laughs> oh, she's been on podcasts before. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, are we saying goodnight? Is that what's happening right now? Well, she wanted Daddy to come for a sleepover. Mm. Oh. Mike. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hi. It's really more of a video cast situation. Okay. Can I get back to it? Okay. Can you say good (laughs) night, Kara? Okay. Good night. Good night. I love you. Blow me a kiss. Okay, good night. Bye. You say bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. There you go. Nice. Bye. Okay, (laughs) good night. Okay.
0: (laughs) Good. So nice. Nice little treat there. Look at that.
1: (laughs) I'll cut that and I'll put it on the end of the episode after the music.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.